Well, what's up, City Light U? What's up? There we go. There we go. All right, get some feedback. Well, what's up, y'all? I'm so excited to be here tonight and share the word with y'all. I just want to jump right in. So start with prayer, and then we'll jump right in. All right? Well, thank you for this night. God, thank you for your word. God, I just pray you'll use me as a vessel. I pray that every heart out there will, be, will not leave here the same after hearing your word. God, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for who you are, especially for your son, Jesus. Played it all for us. In your name I pray. Amen. As y'all, as y'all know, we're in Sermon on the Mount. We're salt and light tonight. But before we get into that, I want to share with y'all just a small little story. So imagine this little grandmother who goes to the same, the same marketplace, the same store, whatever you want to call it, every single day of the week. She goes to the same place, parks in the same parking spot, does the same thing every single time she goes. This time she goes, though, she notices that the, that the store is a lot more empty. So she goes to the store. She walks in, gets her things, comes out, but she notices something weird about her car. There's four dudes sitting up in it. But this granny is not your typical granny. She's packing just a little bit of heat in her purse. So she pulls it out. She walks up and says, get out of my car. Just like that. That's my old old lady boy. Sorry about that, you guys. Don't judge me. But they get out of the car, and they're gone. They're booking it. So she's dropped all her stuff. It's all in on the ground. She picks up her bags. She closes all the other doors, except the driver's side, gets in, puts her stuff down, takes a little deep breath because she's shaking like a leaf, gets her stuff together, takes her key out, tries in the ignition. She turns it, nothing happens. She can't get the key in the ignition. She realizes she's in the wrong car. So now what happens is she gets out of that car, goes to her car, and she drives off to the police station. When she gets there, she stands there before the chief, she explains everything that happened, and he kind of looks at her and smiles, and he looks down the way, and he points to four guys sitting there, waving back at her. That old lady from that day on became the gangster granny. She made her mark on the world as a gangster granny. I think that's pretty cool. I think that's pretty tough. But we live in a world today, y'all, and y'all know this just as well as I do, that everyone wants to make some kind of mark on the world. Some more than others. Some are have a little more aspiration, and that's Okay. But we all have this innate desire to belong to something bigger than ourselves, to belong to something, to have some type of influence, to make a mark on the world. And Jesus gives us the perfect opportunity to, the opportunity to do so. And I'll read the scripture again, just the first part. Scripture reads, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. When I think of an influencer, somebody that has a lot of influence, I think of a guy named Steve Jobs. He's a billionaire, multi-billionaire dollar creator of Apple. Y'all all know him. How many of y'all have iPhones out there? A lot of people. Any Androids? My brothers. There we go. I'm loving it. I am that green text. If you ever get that, that's probably me. Just letting you know. But we all know who Steve Jobs is, but where is he at now? He's dead. He's gone. He's built this huge company, had all this money, all this influence. But what did it do for him on his deathbed? What did it do for him? Didn't do anything. Didn't do anything for him. All the influence he had in this world, gone in a second when he took his last breath. So how can we make an, make an impact on this world, be an influencer to something that's going to last forever, 
Something that's going to pass eternity, something that will never be corrupted and destroyed. Jesus gives that opportunity. He gives us this opportunity to be a part of something bigger than we could ever dream, than we could ever imagine. And it's bringing his kingdom to this world. John talked about it last week, how in a sense, yes, God's kingdom is coming. He's going to be the one to truly bring it to the world. But Ephesians 2.6 tells us that we are seated with Jesus in heavenly places right now. As believers, we are kingdom citizens. Right as we walk to our college campuses, to the store, wherever we're at, we are kingdom citizens. And God wants to use us to be a representation of what that kingdom will be like. Amen? Amen. Amen. There we go. I, I like the enthusiasm. But, this, but tonight, I want to come with you all with, Jesus calls us to make a mark for the mission. And there are two ways that he has called us to make a mark for the mission by being a retainer, and by being a reflector. Two ways to make a mark for the mission, to bring the kingdom to the world, by being a reflector, and by being a retainer. So why am I using the word retainer? Now, you can't tell right now, but I used to wear braces. My mouth was jacked up, y'all. It was like Nebraska in the wintertime, just a mess, okay? Now, I'm from Virginia, I'm from the South. I've never been in weather like this before, so you got to give me a little grace. So, well, I wore my braces for two and a half years. Two and a half years, y'all, of wearing braces. So I'm not about to let this smile go to waste, okay? So that my, my orthodontist gave me a retainer. He told me, Tyler, if you don't wear the retainer every night, your teeth will go back crooked, okay? So I wear this baby every single night. Don't miss a night. And the retainer keeps the integrity of my teeth. It keeps them from going crooked, But don't wear my retainer. If the retainer is gone, eventually my teeth will go back to the way they were. Don't want that. In the same way, salt was used back in Jesus' day to retain the integrity of meat. It kept meat from spoiling. They didn't have refrigerators. They didn't have ice. Nothing like that to store food. So in order to retain the integrity of their food, to keep it from spoiling, they had to cover it with salt to cure it so they could preserve it for a longer period of time. Now, why is he talking about salt and bringing this kingdom to the world? Now, what I wanted to do is turn with y'all, if, if y'all have your Bibles or whatever you use, your phone, anything like that, I want you to turn to 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verses 3 to 4. 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verses 3 to 4. 2 to 4, excuse me. Scripture reads, For people will be lovers of self, Lovers of money, boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, without love for what is good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And I, I just realized I had a different version up there. I'm sorry about that. The words didn't match, but you get the point. We live in a world that is decaying morally in an incredibly fast way. I've never seen, it's it's been progressing so fast, it's even hard to keep up. We live in a world that calls evil good and good evil. I've never seen a time where you can call yourself a man that wants to be a woman, or you can be a woman that wants to be a man, and and everybody praises that. But as soon as you just want to be a regular guy or a normal girl, that's hated. You're seen as sexist. I've never seen anything like that, where we value human Life less than animal life. And the, the world we live in is in such a, a turmoil, a point of decay. What is going to preserve it to bring God's kingdom to the world? 
God's called us to do so. He's called us to be the salt that's going to retain the integrity of the world. My boy Willie, who plays worship out west, talks about this, and he says, with, with God wanting us to be on this team, he always says, man, that's a bad idea, God. Why do you want to use us? What in the world are you thinking? God has a plan. He wants to use us as part of his team because he wants us to have a relationship with him. He wants us to grow with him. He wants us to use us. That's amazing. The creator of the world wants to use us to retain the integrity of the world. And I want to give you all a few examples of how you can do that. I have a buddy who's in Congress right now. He's not high up. He's at the bottom of the barrel giving people donuts. So that's his place in Congress. He, even at his lowest place in Congress, he has been approached to take bribes. He's been approached to lie on uh, certain documents so the, so, the, so, the, so the government, in a sense, won't have to pay certain taxes. He's, he is approached with these things constantly, and he has a choice. He can either have integrity and be honest, or he can lie and rise in the ranks in the government. I'm not saying our government is completely corrupt, but these things happen because people are there. He is salt in our government. He's honest. He remains his integrity. He is the salt of the earth where he is at, right where he is. That's a way to be salt. On your college campuses, I went to college. It feels like it was so long ago. I'm 26 right now. It feels like so long ago. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. John is older than me, y'all, though. Just know that. Just know that. But, <laughs> man, so on, on a college campus, I put on the basketball team, on the club team, because I couldn't keep my grades up high enough to play for the varsity. But anyway, I don't want to say all my business up here on stage. But on the club team, we would always go to these D1 big colleges. I'm from a D3 school, small space, didn't have a lot going on there. So when we went to a D1, big dog stomping on campus, that was a big time for us. So we would get put in these places where we would stay for the night to be for these tournaments. And while we're there, you know what's going on on a weekend. Everybody's partying. So here's me. I was a believer at the time, but I wasn't, I wasn't, I couldn't say I was following Jesus in a, in a strong way. I wasn't. I was ashamed of my faith, but God was still calling me to be salt, but I was losing my saltiness. I truly was. When my friends would go out to party, do them things, drink, get drunk, all that stuff, they would always invite me out and I would never go. But when they would ask me why, I would never tell them because I'm following Jesus. I say it's because I'm sleepy. I'm, I don't want to. I, I want to get ready for the game tonight, bro. I promise you. I'm, I, I want to dunk on somebody tomorrow. I don't want to get drunk. Okay, leave me alone, jeez. But I would never say that I was a believer, follower of Jesus. I was losing my saltiness. I wasn't being the salt of the earth. I was ashamed of my faith. Why do I bring that up? I know in your classes with your friends, in your dorm rooms, wherever you are, you are confronted with opportunities to be salt. I know you are, because I was too. In classrooms, when topics would come up in ethics class, they would ask the questions. What do you think about abortion? Where are you at on this scale? Everybody would get up and talk. I wouldn't say a word. Terrified of my teachers, terrified of my losing friends, the reason I'm giving you all this challenge tonight is because I know that God has called you where you are for a reason. He wants you to be the salt of the earth, to be someone who is going to stand on God's word and to have integrity, be honest, not be ashamed of who you are. He's given you this power. It lives on the inside of you. Will you yield to it? It's the same question I'm asking you all, same question I used to ask myself. 
all the time. Will I give myself to that? But I want to give y'all a big warning. When it comes to being salt, when it comes to being light, is we can, we can go in two polar opposites. And that's when I get to these two camps we have. Now, in these two camps, we have either the Mrs. Dash or we have an ocean. Does anybody know what, what Mrs. Dash is? There we go. I got somebody. Mrs. Dash is a, sea, is a saltless seasoner. Doesn't have any salt in it. Salt-free seasoner. We can either be a Mrs. Dash at times, or we can be an ocean. An ocean is full of salt. Now, I was a Miss Dash. Didn't have salt in me. Was scared of my faith. Ashamed. But we also have people that can go to, all the way to the other side to be an ocean. Now, have you ever had a cut, and you got in the ocean, and it burns you? You ever felt that? Well, listen, that's how we can be with other people when we, are, when we throw the salt of the gospel on people who have these wounds and we don't care about them as, a pe- as people, use them as projects. Just cast all this salt on them without any care for them as people. We can either be an ocean at times or we can be a misdash. Now, how do we find any middle ground in there? Where do we go to find the middle ground? What I go to is I have a pro tip for y'all. Somebody told me this one time and it has stuck with me for as long, for eight years now. He told me the gospel is offensive enough by itself. Don't add to it. Don't add to it. Don't be a jerk, in other words. The gospel is offensive enough by itself on its own. Don't add anything to it. What do I mean by that? The best way to reach people is by following Jesus. Go figure, right? He had a knack for building relationships with people for showing people that he truly cared about them as a person. They weren't projects to him. They were people with real problems, real frustrations, real hurts. He would be salty at times. I'd say it about Jesus, but he would be. He would tell the truth when it was needed, but he loved the people. Sometimes, especially in my walk, as I would go back and forth, I would want to show that I'm a Christian. I got to show that I'm a Christian, stand on my faith. I got to come at people on Facebook and chat rooms, tell them what's up. That's my, that is my goal. I got to come people in the grocery store at all times doing this thing. That's not what God has called you to do. He's called you to love people, yes, and to give truth, yes. But please, don't be a jerk. All right? Everybody got that? I'll say it one more time. The gospel is offensive enough by itself. Don't add anything to it. You tell the truth of God's word. You can love people, build relationships. And when you tell that truth, it's already salty enough. Tell it in love and leave it where it lies. That's all you can really do. And I found that in my life over and over and over again to be true. Now, I want to go over being a light. The second way to make a mark for the mission is by being a reflector. By being a reflector. First way is by being a retainer. Second way is by being a reflector. Now, when I think about a reflector... I think about the sun and the moon. I don't know what classes y'all have. Y'all may be some astronomers. I don't know. Tell me that I'm wrong. But I think the moon doesn't have its own light. Am I right on that? There we go. I need some feedback, y'all. I'm a Baptist preacher from Virginia, so I love when people tell me what's up, all right? It's okay. You can tell me something. If I'm wrong, tell me. If I'm right, tell me. And I love that. But all right. The moon doesn't reflect its own light. It gets its light from the sun. In the same, in a similar way, 
We get our light from Jesus. Light doesn't come from us. It lives on the inside of us, yes, but it's not our own in the sense that we own this thing. Jesus comes to live on the inside of us, and he is the light that we reflect. Now, a scripture that I love to read talks about that is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. And that is where it reads, for God, It is for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, and he has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. Now, we have this treasure. We have this treasure in clay jars so that this extraordinary power may be from God and not from us. I'm going to read that, read that last verse again. And we have this treasure in clay jars so that this extraordinary power may be from God and not from us. We are just reflectors of the light that's on the inside of us. This power lives on the inside of us, and we reflect it out. Now, that passage of Scripture... In Matthew, read that verse again too. It says, you are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand. And it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Now, Jesus has called us to be salt. He says, you are salt. He says, you are light. He's told us what we are, and he wants us to go and be those things. Now, with light, it says that light is shown by good works. And I'm glad my brother Adam is here doing, his, doing the, uh, the trucking thing, because that is a great example. God's light is shining through him. And the small thing, he's seen, the, he's seen a need, and he's gone to fill that need. And his light is showing to all those people who are a lot less fortunate than us, coming from foster homes. God, Jesus' light is showing through his actions, through his good works. And that's the same thing I want to give to y'all this morning. Everybody sees needs. We've got a lot of complainers. We've got a lot of people who don't want to give solutions. Y'all can be part of the solution. Jesus has called you light. If you're a believer, there are issues and needs we see all over the place. We can look out and we can see darkness. We can see it everywhere. At every point, every turn, especially in this world. I see it outside right now. See that darkness out there? Just kidding. That's a joke. You can laugh, y'all. I promise it's okay. But we see it on our, on, on our campuses. We see it in the dorm rooms. We see it in the grocery stores. We see it everywhere. Where can we be a light? And how do we be a light? How do we do? We have a great example in Adam here who's taken a need. He's seen a need, and people can see the light of Jesus through his good works. How can, Jesus, how, how can we do good works to show the light of Christ in our own lives? One way is to pray for people. You can, grab, you can grab a random person, you talk to them, they share something deep with you, you can just say, hey, can I pray for you? You do not know the impact you can have on someone just by saying those words. I was in the airport one time, did that, and the lady started crying right then and there. It was super awkward, but it was okay. It was okay. You do not know the impact you can have by just saying those simple words, by being generous with your time, generous with your money when you get out of school and you get some, Okay? That's a joke, too. It's okay. There you go. Got some laughter. There we go. There are so many ways we can show the light of Jesus in our good works. But there's also a danger to this thing. We can become a Christian Pharisee just like that. Just like that. <laughs> I forgot to put that on there. To be honest with you. 
But uh, we can become Christian Pharisees so easily. And what were the Pharisees? They were people who were righteous on the outside. They did all the good things. They crossed the T's and dotted the I's. They were always the ones who walked the old ladies across the street. They were the good guys on the outside. But on the inside, they were dead and dying. Especially for new believers, for old believers, or whoever it is, we can get to a point where we see what we do on the outside as trying to cover up for what's going on the inside. In the sense where I can try to go out and be the best person I can be, be on my A-plus behavior for all the wrong reasons. To try to win favor with God. To try to make God love me. The thing is, he already does. He already does. I do not want anybody walking out of here being a Pharisee. When we do our good works, I want that to come out of a flow of the love that you have for Christ on the inside of you. Let that love be an outpouring. That love, what we do in our good works is not going to make God love you more. He already loves you more than you can ever know. You cannot earn your salvation. You can't earn God's love. He's already given you those things as a believer. Let your good works be from your relationship with Jesus just to please God. Just doing it as a thing just because you love God and you're on mission for his kingdom. That's that's something I struggle with all the time, trying to use my works to, I don't know, look good in front of people, to make sure I get claps and amens, to get pats on the back, stuff like that. I have to check myself all the time, and I want to do the same thing for y'all. You do not want to be a Christian Pharisee. It will tear you up on the inside out, and I do not want anybody to go that way. But I love, I'm picking on Adam right now because I tried to think of an example of this, but he's the best one I got right now. We can find needs everywhere we look. We see darkness everywhere. And God will lead you through the power of the Holy Spirit to be a plug in that place. One of the best ways to do that is to pray for opportunities. When it comes to being salt and light, being a retainer and a reflector, one of the best ways to do that is to pray for opportunities. You see darkness in your dorm, you see someone who could use a little salt, Pray for an opportunity to share that with them. Pray for an opportunity to be light in someone's life, that God will guide you somewhere to be light on campus, in your city, wherever you're from, back home. Ask for those opportunities. And you do not know what that can do for the city of Omaha. And that's what I want to close with. When we're doing these things, we're going out, we're doing good works, we're being a retainer, being a reflector, being the salt and light. Are we doing that for our own influence? to make our own mark, to cross the T, to dot the I, or are we doing this to further God's kingdom? Are we doing this to make ourselves feel good, or are we doing it because God has called us to do this thing? That's the question I always have to ask myself every single day. Am I doing this because God's called me, or am I doing it to try to make myself feel good? It's a hard question, and I have to ask it of myself, and I want to ask you all that same thing. But what could Omaha be if every college student Everyone in the city was salt and light to bring a representation of God's perfect kingdom right here in Omaha. That's possible. God's done crazier things, and he wants to use every single one in this room to be a start of that. Don't think you're too small. Don't think you don't have enough gifts. Don't think you're not good enough. God has called you. He's given you the power. He's given you the ability. Can we say yes to him? Can we say yes to him? to be that salt, to be that light. And we can see a huge change in Omaha. 
or wherever you live. I don't know where it is. Maybe you live in Virginia. Anybody from Virginia? No? That's okay. I still love y'all. I promise. But I want to end on that. Jesus called us to make a mark for the kingdom by being a retainer and a reflector, by being salt and light. He's given us the power. Can we say yes to him and go out and join his mission?